Rock, the musical, lands in Newcastle July 18th. Get ready to stick it to the man with the ultimate musical thrill ride based on the legendary film and with a rockin' new score from Andrew Lloyd Webber. School of Rock, the musical. Book now. Live at the Civic Theatre, Newcastle, 18th to the 20th of July. Let's cut the legal jargon and get the straight talk. It's Lauren O'Brien with Legally Blonde. Better get a lawyer, son. You're gonna need a good one to get you out of this. Uh, and if you need a good lawyer, I've got her sitting opposite me right now. I'm very excited. She hasn't been in the studio for a couple of weeks, so it's so lovely to see her. Good morning, Lauren O'Brien. Good morning, Tracy McKellicott. How are you? Fair to middling. Fair to middling. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah? Yeah. How's work? Have you been, uh, what have you been up to since yeah. we saw you last? Well, I've had a few weeks of ridiculous, you know, I hate that, you know, I don't wear busyness as a badge of honour, by the way. Mm. Um, no, you, ne- you, know, you never do, actually. Well, the no. older I get, I just think, well, I think resting is sexy. Mm. I don't have to work that hard and send myself insane. Mm. Um, so I had a few weeks of just lots and lots on, which is why I couldn't come in and do this program. Well, I told our, uh, our listeners last week, your exact wording was that you were uh, busier than a one-legged man, I think it was. was oh, busier that? than a one-legged woman in a bum-kicking contest. That's, that was the exact, yes. Yeah, it's a good visual, isn't it? It is a good we visual. Just <laughs> it's only you could give me that I didn't visual. actually make that up, by the way. Someone else, some other <laughs> clever person made that up. Um, so I had a few busy weeks. This week, I'm taking it a bit easier. Um Monday I was in court as duty lawyer, so that's always interesting, and I was on custodies. Oh. And that's always tricky because COVID is still – I mean, everybody outside prison might not be aware that it's still real, really wreaking havoc. So I think I had to call four or five different prisons. So when, you do a, when you're on a custodies list – it means one solicitor's on the floor. So everyone that arrives at the court who needs help, they'll run that list. I will do, um, and the custodies lawyer does everybody that's in prison, but also any fresh custodies or freshies, as we call them. So fresh a freshie, me. well, a, a fresh but a fresh PBR, police bail <laughs> refused, right? So you do something naughty or allegedly naughty, mm-hmm. police arrest you and they decide, hmm, I don't want to let you have your liberty. I want a magistrate to have to be – like, that's above my pay grade. Mm. That's what the police would think, and fair yeah, enough, you absolutely. know. Absolutely. So you have to go before the court. So you have to, uh, yeah, interview people that are uh, freshly brought in and refused by the police and prison. So I think I called Amber Laurel, which uh, – because it was a female inmate. Yeah. Amber Laurel uh, – yeah, that's a good question. I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm. Never heard of it, but that's uh, just me. Clarence – Parkley, Cessnock. So, of course, Cessnock, you've got Shortland and Hunter. So, it's you can call in every prison deals kind of works a little bit differently. God, Some of them take the phone in. Some of them you video link in. Oh, it's not tough. It's just um, it's it, knowing the system. It's just kind of also mm. thinking there's a lot going on everywhere all at the same time. Excuse me. That's mm. my coffee. Um, so, that was Monday. Mm. Yesterday, I was meant to be at Curry Curry doing a pro bono matter because I um, assisted a woman a few months ago and she was a serious victim of domestic violence and she just needed – she doesn't have any money but mm. – uh, yeah, anyway, so. Are they tough, those ones? Mm. I mean, as, yeah. as, a, as a 
as women of our age, it, you know, it gets tougher, doesn't it, to watch that domestic violence happen, and, and it really is tough sometimes. So it must be hard to be on the front face of that. It's tough when you meet... So this young woman is about 28, mum of two kids. The partner is now subject to an intensive correction order for assaulting her seriously. Mm. Beautiful-looking woman. So... Clearly has been, you know, has had good health her whole life and good education and um, an absolute frightened little mouse. Serious PTSD, anxiety, depression. So that's the tough stuff. Uh, Working, had a good job Mm. and then the stress of the whole situation ended up for two weeks she was taking some drugs, gets pulled over by the police. (laughs) They find an illicit substance in her oral fluid when they do a swab. Lick stick. I don't know if you've heard of I that. I have done one of – yeah, I've, mm. I've actually had to do one of those before. It's very strange. Mm. Um, so, you know, you can see how because of her circumstance, she gets into a bit of trouble. Now she's got um, a drug – well, I was trying to – basically I, I contacted the uh, solicitor that was up there working for Legal Aid and I gave him all the info and he was going to help her. Mm. I'll help her in a few weeks back here in Newcastle. But you can see how – If you've got a job in, say, the caring industry, so if you're a nurse or a doctor or a physiotherapist, whatever, if you get a drug charge that's on your history, you have to report that to APRA every... You have to... Every time you... You have to disclose that stuff. So that's where you see something horrible has happened to a person and then the impact that has and how lives can unravel. All of our lives can unravel. We're only... You know, what a difference a day Mm. can make. Something can happen... So she also ended up a charge like that. You get your licence. Your licence will be suspended. And then if you drive, so she then um, appealed that suspension but missed the court date. So she becomes <laughs> disqualified and then the police pick her up and she's thought it was the next day because she had a co- Anyway, it's that stuff where yeah. you go, you it's know, tough, how do it? you end up? Mm. Yeah. How do you end up? But it's very, I think the older I get, the more I realise how easy it is that, that those things can happen. And yeah. it's just your life unravelling. And for your life to unravel as a 28-year-old, I mean, yeah. can you imagine, you and I were probably at our peak of our powers at, you know, in, in 20, I think I'd only just got married at 28. Um, I was up the duff you were at up 28. The duff. I, was, were you? I was performing I didn't get up in Feather in my white satin jumpsuit. Um, at up 28, the up the duff. With uh, with your beautiful Mia. Oh, my, with my beautiful, yes, Mama Mia. Isn't it, you know, that's that's where my daughter's named from is is my, actually Mama Mia. Is, no, where, is yours know. that one? Well, where's uh, you, has your Mia? Mrs. Named? Mia Wallace, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> and I was. Sorry, I'm going to spat out my coffee. Um, and it took me 10 days. We were. I had lots of different names, um, my husband at the time, and I couldn't agree. My sister came in and I said, I really like the name Mia. It's short. It's it's just a lovely, sweet name. And um, she said, and it's Mama Mia. I thought, oh, that seals the deal. See, there you go. Oh, God, you and I are really getting scary, aren't we, the way mm. that our lives are going around each other. Um, going completely off track, yeah. where are we at with Hot uh, hot Flush at the moment? Are you guys uh, planning any performances? I know you want to go to uh, to the Edinburgh Festival, but where are we at with, uh, well, with anything here? Because, you know, what, you should it ask. was bloody awesome. Mm, it was a good show, wasn't it? Oh, man. And it's really nice um, still getting the feedback from mm. people saying it was empowering and it wasn't what they expected. Mm. We are back in the recording studio. Yeah. Yeah, so Gareth Hudson 
uh, I don't know if well, a lot of musical listeners will know Would Gareth, know Gareth Hudson. Yes. Um, Hazy Cosmic Jive is his studio, and the four of us were in there Saturday. Oh, I'm so I was on a Moog, a sixteen thousand dollar Moog What's keyboard. A Moog? So oh, okay. you know, I, I was in heaven this week. Yeah, it sounds. I went like from it. crazy court week to sitting here playing my Moog. And so, you know, you have all those wonderful, I've got the Moogzik in me and yeah. oh. only Moog, you know. So there's been a lot of silly Fun. Yeah. lyric change around. When are you back in the studio again? This Saturday. So every every four, oh, sorry, every Saturday for four weeks we're in the studio. Can I come visit? I might come and Never. visit and have a, have a chat. I would love to just see you guys. Let's have a talk about this off air because uh, I'd love to just uh, – you are such an incredible group of four and, and yep. we are going to keep, you know, um, stories confidential and, uh, you know, you do have the personas and we will maintain those personas. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it is just fascinating the the journey that you guys are going on. You know, mm. we, we talk about how your life can change at 28 and yep. then, you know, you and I have had many conversations about, you know, being in our – our late forties to fifties, you know that uh, that how we we just it's a time for us to really step into our power. And you four have bloody stepped in and gone mm. beyond, haven't you? We certainly have a lot of fun, mm. and that's what it's about. Five, it'll be six years this December, and Preezy will be sixty. No, this year she's not. <laughs> the drummer, oh, yeah. Preezy, I love Preezy. Preezy's next level. Mm. Yeah. She really is. Yeah. Yep. Well, so, when I went to the concert, she's like, oh, Trace, hi. And I'm like, how are they? You know me, Preezy? And she's yeah. like, oh, I listen to you with Laura. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, oh my Preezy's, God. Oh my God. Preezy is amazing. And she um, couldn't get a park because it's a tricky park. So <laughs> Gareth said, Loz, can you get into the um, – go into the drum room and get me some levels? Oh, my – because I'm not a drummer. Yeah. And Joe and uh, Jojo and Susie actually could play the drums. But he, he sent me in there. Well, I – it was a peak moment for me. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I was doing all the levels for him and just started. Did you channel Dave Grohl or who did you channel, do you think? Apparently I have very good rhythm. Mm, but, that doesn't surprise me. Um, like the girls when I got out, they said, you, you need to, we need to get you playing drums on a track. So I'm going to learn. Yeah. Awesome. That's fantastic. Now that was savagely off topic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, there's been a lot of um, of crime in the media over the last, um, well, since about Sunday. The first one was obviously a woman who was uh, hospitalised with head injuries um, after she was punched and uh, knocked to the ground uh, at King Street McDonald's. Now, the reason why I want to ask you about this one is because it is actually a, uh, obviously, innocent until proven guilty. The man is, is mm. obviously, he was refused, uh, refused bail on Sunday. But he is a Danish national who was due to depart the country on August 17. Now, the reason, obviously, I bring that one up to you is how does that work? I mean, the first thing that grabbed my attention was the fact that he is a Danish citizen. He is over here on holidays. Mm. What happens with that? How does that go through our system? So the first thing that comes to mind when you just said that, innocent till proven guilty, sure. But there are Mm. four bail concerns. The first is that you're going to fail to appear. Mm. Uh, the second is that you're going to commit a further serious offence if they give you bail. Mm. The uh, the concern, the third concern is you're going to be a danger to individuals or the community. And the fourth is that you're going to interfere with witnesses, contact them or whatever. Okay. So if you're a Danish national with a return flight on the 17th, you're a very, very big flight risk mm. because you have a passport, you've got a ticket to leave. So I'd say that is why I'd say the magistrate would have uh, – or the the bail authority. So what would have happened? That that person would have gone to court. So firstly, police would have refused bail. 
then the registrar. So there's a registrar that sits on Saturdays and Sundays. And if you get bail refused by a registrar, you get another shot on the Monday before a magistrate. Okay. So he was probably lucky he got three chances to get bail. Mm. The cops, then the registrar, then the magistrate. Mm. He will now languish in um, one of our prisons Mm. until the matter goes to court. If he pleads guilty or if he runs it to hearing and still gets found guilty, um, he will either get a prison sentence or he'll be – you would think he'd be considered a threat to the security of Australia, Mm. so he'll be deported is likely. And he'll serve his sentence in – I don't At actually. Home, don't I don't actually know that. I mm. I really don't know that. But I'd have to mm. do some so research and find most out. Most like he w- he won't serve his prison time here in Australia. He'll be deported because he's been convicted of a criminal offence. I will have to do some research yeah. on that. Yeah. Well, certain offences you'd be mm. deported. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is major. You know, like he un- completely unprovoked, completely not knowing anybody. I mean, obviously, um, it, it's sub judice, but um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? it? It fascinated me when I saw that that he was a Danish national that they found him in a camper van. So, what was the actual charge? Do you know uh, the actual charge? So he was um, he was charged with reckless wounding and assault Ooh. occasionally. Actually, yeah. So it's, so it's assault a big occasioning one. actual bodily harm carries two years. Well, any. Any charges two years max in the local court, but AOABH, which is assault occasioning actual bodily mm. harm, five years in the district court, and what was the other reckless wounding? Mm. Jeez, did he have yeah. a weapon? So that's serious. Mm. Those you would think that those matters would be sentenced mm. in the district court. So what? So basically, he he pushed one of the women to the ground. She got back up on her feet. She was then punched in the face and again knocked to the ground, mm. and then she hit her head on the concrete. So he's, he's done some serious damage, yeah. That's the reckless wounding. Okay, so without knowing the facts, I'm not really sure. Mm. But um, you would think, see, that stuff, and I'm not saying this would happen, but what can happen is there was a, a matter in the district court years ago when it was still up in Newcastle, like up near the Grand. Um, somebody was killed on a train and there were two perpetrators. One had grabbed a window and hit the person over the head. That person ended up dying. And that's called a constructive murder. So okay. when something that you do ends up, yeah. So, yeah, so that's, if you hit that's your head to a murder charge, yep. Yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah, so, I mean, let's hope that she's okay. Yeah. And let's, well, let's hope he's okay as well. Mm. I mean, without the facts, we don't know whether don't. he's anything. We don't know anything don't. about him. No, nothing at all. Now, the other one that um, grabbed my attention is... Um, a, uh, a, an issue that happened in Hamilton yesterday. Now, I, uh, I brought it to our listeners as it was unfolding. It was a, uh, a siege, and uh, I love it. The, uh, the big bear was there, the bear machine, oh. the, uh, the uh-huh. tactical guys. Um, so basically, um, the, he was arrested after, uh, after a standoff that sparked an operation. Now, he was, uh, they went to his house. He wouldn't come out, which obviously caused the police operation. Mm. How does that happen? So how do they get from from you know hey this guy's here to to having you know as I said the the tactical response group the whole lot how does it escalate to that to that level? Well, they would have had in intelligence on mm-hmm. that. So what I'm reading is they searched the house and they found several items for forensic examination, two counts of robbery with an offensive weapon and robbery with a dangerous weapon. So. Just reading between the lines there, if you know people have got weapons, that's why you'd bring the bear mm. in because 
it you just have to you have to be risk averse, don't mm. you? So from what it looks like, um, specialist police, including negotiators, got okay. So he was arrested at ten thirty, but they'd got there at seven thirty. Mm. Um, what we need to do is get a copper in here at some point mm. um, to talk us through what is the actual chain of command. So where does it go from just? I mean, it sounds to me like clearly they were on standby. Mm. Yeah, it sounds well, like clearly, it wasn't, yeah. You, you don't just go, oh, he's not coming out. We better bring mm. the bear in. You'd be thinking this is a definite possibility. The bear and the tactical response group don't just come mm. like that. It, it, yeah, you're right. They had to have had some. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Can we get a copper in? I know I would get I Wayne Humphreys, the, but he's, uh, he's now up at Port, uh, Port Stevens. So. Actually, I've got a good uh, friend I went to school with. She actually she was with police intelligence, and I think she's now off, or she might have. Retired, so I might get her in. That would be great. Someone who was in the service for 35 years, she could probably talk. I'm not sure yeah. that active, you'd have to go yeah. through the media unit, wouldn't you? You'd yeah. know that stuff. Yes, you do go through the media unit, or if you're like me, you, you'd pick up the phone to Bear and say, I need some help. Can I talk to you? <laughs> yeah, well, we could maybe, we could maybe talk great. to Bear. Yeah. Well, no, I, actually, I can't talk. Detective Superintendent Wayne Humphreys is, uh, is actually off at the moment getting a shoulder reconstruction. Oh, no. Mm. So that's the thing, you know, we talk about these these policemen, we talk about you and our frontline emergency service people, you know, the way they put their bodies on the line mm. and there is so much that goes into that, isn't it? They get such a bad rap sometimes, you know, the coppers, and, and yet they put their body on their line every yeah. single day for us. Well, every I think, day. The, I did, dare I say, the older I get again, but I've realised every, everyone's life is complex. Mm. Everyone's life is complex, and I do know a lot of police officers that have serious PTSD. Mm. Um, I see some pretty horrible stuff, but I don't think I see what they see mm. because I'm at the yeah. other end where they want to pull their head in and behave because I'm the only person that might stand between them and a bottle green tracksuit. Yeah, but ambulance officers, police officers, definitely mm. the, the first responders. Mm. I've got um, you know a couple of friends. Obviously, um, spending so long in the media, I've got a couple of friends who, you know, have seen have either arrived at situations mm. before the police, have been there when the police are there, and uh, yeah, some of the PTSD that uh, that some of these journo's back you know back twenty years ago, some of the things that they used mm. to see. I don't think it's as bad now as it used to be because we don't have the media that we used to have. But, you know, um, some of these guys, you know, um, you know, Dan Proudman, Greg Went, these guys who are frontline yep. journalists. We need to get Dan Proudman in here, actually. Now, that's a, that's a man who's got some stories. Now, did well, you know, did you know that his mother did my hair for my debut? Oh, my gosh. Stop it. Yeah, when I was 16... <laughs> Would you believe we grew up with a paddock between us? His mother was Arnie Marg, and she was one of my mum's best friends. And Arnie Marg was a hairdresser, and I did my debut in a little white lace dress at Castle Hill, RSL, and Arnie Marg did my hair. I love it. And Dan Proudman now lives six houses away from me. No way. Stop it. Again, stop it. I oh, know we've got these. This is really scary. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be good to get him, and it I, might, would be. I might hit him up, actually. Yeah. And, yeah, I'd love to. I mean, uh, talking to to him and to to guys like Greg Went, um, he used to be with the Newcastle Herald for many many decades, and I got to know him when he was at Prime Television. And uh, these guys, some of the stories mm. they tell you, you just sit there and you go, "That couldn't happen now. You couldn't send a journal into that. It yeah. just is not possible." Well, Dan's writing another book at the moment. 
so he could come and talk to us about that. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Well, you and I probably still should stop talking because I've got another probably. interview that I have to go to. No worries. Thank you so much for your time. It's, lovely to uh, see it's you. It's lovely to see you. And uh, as I said, thank you for, for talking us through those uh, those two cases because they are very high profile in the media at the moment and uh, it just helps us to understand what happens uh, hmm. behind Well, I don't the know that I was very helpful, but... No, you were. Thanks. For you were great. <laughs> you were great. That is Lauren O'Brien. She joins us every Wednesday for Legally Blonde, so make sure you're... Uh, you're here next Wednesday for another edition. Thank you, ma'am. We will see you next week. See you later. See ya. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. The information provided in Legally Blonde is for general information purposes only and should not be taken as professional advice. Newcastle in the Morning covers the big stories that matter the most to you. The local issues often neglected. Tracy Mack's plain talking, no-nonsense approach will get your morning off right. Talking news, sport, entertainment, music, lifestyle and more. Covering what you need to know and even some of the stuff you didn't. It's Tracy Mack with Newcastle in the morning. Weekdays from 9 to midday only on Newcastle Live.